Hi, I'm Luke. And I'm Kaylin. And, and this, this is, is Death, Death Row Dialogue. Dialogue. This is a true crime podcast where we talk about death row inmates. And their last words. Um, we are back on track with our Texas episodes. I am going to apologize now. Um, I'm trying not to cough through this whole episode. And I'll try not to sniffle, but we know that's not going to happen. So sorry if you hear my uh, coughing and my sniffles, but we will power through it. All right. Are you ready, Luke? Do you have any housekeeping to... Are we back in Texas? Yes. Oh, wow. I feel like we have done a lot of uh, out-of-state recently, and we haven't had so many Texas ones. Yeah, well, and I feel like the Texas standards are just lower for... (laughs) That sounds bad. Don't... No, 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 no. That's good. Don't commit any crimes in Texas. Like, um, we just... We're just not as forgiving. And so you kill one person and you're done. Yeah. Not like last episode when you can... We're more of an eye for an eye state. Yeah. So, you know, then it gets to these small robberies and things where there's not a lot of information and there's not a lot for us to talk about. Right. And so I like mixing it up with the... Out of state ones, you know, not that the robberies aren't as important, but they're just not as information filled and there's not as much dialogue going back and forth, Right. not as much for the listener to actually listen to. Well, and I feel like the last few out of state ones that we've done have been um, like really exciting cases that, you know, you could actually talk about or learn about. Mm-hmm. So, Well, and... You know, I usually go off of our... I try to rotate, do one out of state and one Texas one. Um, And so that means I'm going to base our next out of state one. I'll probably... I'm trying to decide if I'm going to do it just over our last overall listens or our last out of state one. But from the trend right now, it's not even going to be out of state. I'm going to try to dig through the trenches to find an out of country one. Because we have a like very influx of out of the U.S. listeners, um, so I don't want to just like skip over them because oh you're not in the U.S. so I'm not gonna try to cover something there. Yeah, I'm not too sure about all of their policies either, or like how they even punish crimes. So it, it could be something that might have to go do. back to like the 1700s deep dive. To find a death penalty case before they outlawed it. Um, but yeah, I'll try to find something. And I really just go by whoever has the most. So we'll see next week. So that means if you want it to be yours, send it to all your friends. Yeah, send it. You know, I think you can listen multiple times. I won't know. <laughs> so just put it on repeat. On that note, um, let's go ahead and jump into this episode. It's actually a double episode which means we have two people that were um, put on death row for the same crime. Oh, wow. And we have done one, I think, of these. Yeah, I think it was that burglary with the three men. The, the one where his, um, like, his past crime, he, like, killed his brother or something and buried him in cement? Not the one I'm thinking of. <laughs> okay. They went to the house to steal the weapons. 
I remember which one you're talking about, but I can't remember if that was. I thought there Maybe was only the one double one. one. Okay, probably like usually what happens if there's a crime where there's multiple people, um, enough switch to where there's only one that's put on death row. So like everyone is like, oh well, it was his idea. Like I'll tell you everything if you don't put me on death row. But on this one, it didn't happen like that. Well, kind of. So, um, number 31 on death row was Stephen A. McCoy. And number two on death row was James Pastor. Um, And so, I've decided that I'm going to kind of uh, switch up how I talk about them. Um, For the murderers, I'm only going to say their last name. And for the victims, I'm going to try to say their first name. Just because it feels, to me, justified. Like, the murderers don't get a first name. They get a last name. And it keeps them more... Especially because sometimes there's crimes where there's, like, three Stevens. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember which one's Who? which. Um, so, the background for McCoy is that he was born on December 17th in 1948 in Harris County. And he was an electrician. He had seven years of education before he got his GED and then did two years of college. And then James Pastor's background, he was born on um, January 30th of 1945. Um, He had a few different jobs. He was a former rock musician and a restaurant cook. So I'm guessing his music career did not take off if he was a restaurant cook. Uh, He was born in Hamilton, Ohio, and he had served time previously for assault in San Quentin, but escaped in 1971 didn't say how he escaped just that he did i'm just amazed anytime someone escapes jail well and i thought it would be less frequent yeah be but we've seen quite a few escape stories on here already and we're only 31 in yeah i I don't know i guess when you're serving life like what do you have to lose yeah but i feel like if you're housing people that are serving life who have nothing to lose, you would pay a little bit more attention to them. Yeah, not true. So, we're going to jump right into the crime on um, October of 1980. So, this was almost 10 years after Pastor had escaped. Um, I don't know if he did any crime in between that time. I'm pretty sure he did. But on 1980, Pastor McCoy and then another guy, Gary LeBlanc, agreed to murder Robert Edward Howard, who was 38, in Houston. They were actually hired by Robert's ex-wife. His ex-wife's name was Trudy, and his, her new husband was Eddie. So they hired the three men to take out her ex-husband. Wait, so he has been... Escaped jail for 10 years? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. So this whole time, like, that's been his whole life is just crime, you know? Yeah. I mean... I'm sure he wasn't going to church, you know? I mean, I think uh, people who do crime still might go to church. But, yeah, he wasn't probably living the high life is what you mean. Well, like, yeah. you, I feel like if you're escaped, like, you're not going to go to... A public place where someone might recognize you mm. like how are you gonna work a job how are you gonna make money well, you can't you can't put your name down anywhere yeah unless you have an alias but even then everywhere makes you give your social uh-huh. 
I, I mean, I wasn't there in 1980, <laughs> but um, I think it was it was probably easier to go under the radar, right? Yeah. Then than it is now. Yeah. You would get caught very fast now. Yeah. Um, so they were hired. I think this is one of our first um, hits that we've done. I remember another one, but I don't know if it was in Texas. I'm not sure. So, um, okay. He was offered $1,000 and a motorcycle. Now, I don't know if all three men were going to split the $1,000 and the motorcycle, or if those, it looks like Pastor was the ringleader. So I don't know if he was just getting the payout and the other two were just doing it, or if he promised them something else. I don't know if they were going to get like custody of the motorcycle. Well, I mean, that's just what they're paying them, you know, but like if they're going to their house or something, they could probably take whatever's there. Yeah. Um, so on October 25th, all three drove to a nightclub in Houston and slashed one of Robert's tires while he was in the club. When he got out of the club and saw the tire, he went to go get the spare out of the back and started changing the tire when Pastor approached him from behind and fatally shot him in the back of the head and then left. Well, that's terrifying. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean... actually insane. That was so, like, premeditated, you know? Like, someone probably set him up to go to that club. You don't think they just followed him for a week or two until they had a good opportunity? Um, it's hard to say. I mean, when, you know, you're being paid $1,000, like, I'm sure you're trying to look for the first opportunity you can. Yeah. You know, you're not just going to sit around and wait. Like, he's going to run out of money, you know? Well, um... And it's also like you were saying, if they do it at his house or something, then they can, you know, burglarize it and, you know, take other things as payment. But when you're just shooting him in the back of the head at a nightclub where there's potential people watching you, it's it's premeditated, yes, with the tire thing, but also reckless in my mind. Like you're doing this in public where anyone can see you, see what car you're driving. Yeah. I don't know. Get a license plate. Yeah, but that area might have shootings all the time, you mm. know. Could be one of those things where yeah. it's, he's just another person, wrong place, wrong time. Mm -hmm. But to think like, uh, I don't know, like I'm just going to change my tire and then go home. And then you're doing all this work and someone just walks up behind you. You know, you have no explanation. Well, and when... If anyone no, that's you listening... Even have, you don't even have a chance to defend yourself. You know? Yeah. Well, I, I've never seen what slash tires look like. But I wonder if, like, you can tell. Like, if you're just in the dark, you probably not. But if, like, if it's daylight and you go outside and you see a flat tire, like, can you tell the difference between a tire being slashed and it just being... <laughs> I mean, you just have to poke one hole in it. Flat. And it'll go flat. Yeah. So he's definitely not, like, sawing his way. <laughs> yeah, I guess I picture, like, a... A hole slash. A slash. You no, know, it like was probably pick. on the bottom part, too, where the tire collapsed. Mm -hmm. So it just looks like it's flat. It's flat, yeah. yeah. Um, so after they killed Robert... 
Pastor then suggested that they kill two more people to fulfill a blood oath. <laughs> What? What does that mean? Yeah, so since Pastor did the killing, the hit for Robert, he wanted McCoy and um, Gary LeBlanc to kill people as well so that they could be fulfilled in a blood oath. He seems a little crazy. What? So... In November, the next month, they took um, Diana Trevino Oliver, who was 27. They forced her into their vehicle, and she was taken to a field where she was raped and then stabbed by McCoy. So that was McCoy's murder. That's crazy. Yeah. For no other reason other than Pastor thought that they should have a blood oath. Yeah. So then the next month, on December 31st, so it's New Year's Eve, um, Cynthia Darlene Johnson was 18. She was stranded on the side of the road when the men found her. Then they took her to a warehouse where the men raped her. LeBlanc was supposed to kill her to fulfill the blood oath, but failed. So Pastor killed her in the early hours of January 1st, 1981. And um, he did that by strangling her to death. And then to ensure that he was dead, he um, drove a nail up her nose. So he is crazy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's wild right there. I'm like, how unfortunate for these women, you know? Like, this one lady wanted her husband dead, and now you're taking away... I mean, I don't know who they are, but, you know, that's someone's daughter. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and this is why only two of them are on death row. Because the third one, LeBlanc, he couldn't do it. But he still raped them. Well, yeah, no. And he was still there. No, no, but that's what I'm saying is, like, there's a, a difference in, like... Oh, but he probably got life? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, yeah he didn't get off. Yeah. But, well, like, there's a difference in the crime, you know? Yeah. Like... And he flipped on them, too. Right. And, like, told them everything that happened. Yeah. But, like, pastors, the creed, they could have let that girl go. Yeah. They could have been, like, you know, like, you couldn't do it, whatever, and let yeah. her go. But pastor was like, no, I'll kill her. It's fine. And that's just insane to me. Like, to make sure she's dead, you're going to put a nail up someone's nose? That is actually insane to me. That's That, that thought would <laughs> go through someone's head. Yeah. You know? So, their trials um, only took two years. In 1982, Pastor received three life sentences, but this was in Alabama, for unrelated crimes. Um, he had robbery, assault, robbery in the first degree, and then burglary in the first degree. I'm assuming all those were happening in those 10 years that he yeah, was sure. um, not going to church. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then in 1983, on June 1st, he was indicted for the capital murder of Robert, and the police got a taped confession from him. And then on September 21st in 1983, Pastor was found guilty and sentenced to death on September 22nd. Um, McCoy was uh, serving five years for burglary and was found guilty of murder and rape. He was indicted on April 19th of 1983. And found guilty. And then on July 26, 1984, he was sentenced to death. 
and then LeBlanc was found guilty and got 35 years for his testimony. Robert's ex-wife and new husband also got life sentences for their roles. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Trudy and Eddie both got life sentences. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. Well deserved. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, I personally, like, not only are they responsible for Robert's death, they're also responsible for the two women's death. Yeah. Like, they started this, like, domino effect. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy to me that they both got life, but I guess it's, what, conspiracy to commit, commit murder. Yeah. And then uh, for them to, like, get to the point to where they got, they traced it all the way back to them. Because mm-hmm. I feel like, I don't know, there's no trace of it. Well, and I wish um, I wish I knew how they were caught. Um, it didn't have any information on how they found out, like, which, it, which of these murders connected it to these three men. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if it was Robert's or if it was Cynthia's um, or if it was Diana's in the middle. I would think... Cynthia's because it was like in an abandoned warehouse, you know, but so for their executions um, in April of 1989 pastor and another inmate tried to escape by squeezing through an air vent and sawing through an exhaust fan. They had greased themselves up with hair tonic to slip through the vents. That is terrifying. Yeah. Like, I don't think I'm claustrophobic, but if I had to grease myself up to get through an air vent, I think I'm, I think I'm going to stay in the jail. Well, and like, were they hoarding hair tonic? Like, (laughs) how much did it take? Yeah. It had to have been a lot. Like, is that all they're buying at commissary? Someone has to catch on. I wonder if they, like, when they got caught, you know? It just says that they were caught in a pipe corridor. Pipe corridor. I don't know what that means. Me either. <laughs> That's just what it said. I, I'm just imagining like there's just two lumps in an air vent and someone's like, "That's well." Cool. I think of like the classic scenes that you see in movies where somebody's trying to do a prank and going through the air vents and they oh, just they fall through the ceiling, like in New Girl. It happens in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Any sitcom. Yeah. The Office. All of them. They fall through ceilings. So that's what I'm picturing. Imagine having to like touch them and handcuff them. They're greased up in hair tonic. (laughs) No, thank you. Um, So thankfully, his um, second attempt to escape failed. So um, McCoy was executed first on May 24th, 1989. He was 41. Executed by lethal injection, obviously. Um, During the execution, he gasped heaved his chest was heaving and he was arching his back which made it considered botched oh yeah so like if they don't go quote like peacefully yeah it's considered botched yikes so i think it's just like a. but i thought there was one that like uh stopped the muscles yeah, yeah. So the, I remember you told us there was three or four different drugs in there. Well, yeah, and they're they're all supposed to do like different, different things. things. Like one of them supposed to be like a, it's not, an anesthesia, right? Yeah. Like that like, passes you out basically. Right. And then there's one that's supposed to like stop 
your lungs and then one that's like stops your heart yeah like different things um but the texas attorney general later stated that the drugs might have been either a higher dose than they were supposed to be or given too fast oh and that's what made that reaction yeah um and so then he had a last meal of a cheeseburger fries and a strawberry shake and he had no final statement and then um, Pastor was executed on September 20th, 1989, at 44 years old. Prior to the execution, he admitted to killing two other women. It didn't say where, when, or how, but he admitted to it. His last meal was a steak, salad, fries, and watermelon. And his last statement was, I hope Miss Howard can find peace in this. I don't know who Miss Howard is. Maybe one of his victims. Yeah, maybe. I'm not not quite sure on that one. But those are... Um, we've gone through 32 inmates. Oh, just in Texas? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. that's a lot. So, make sure you share this episode so that we can do your state or country next time. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Bye.